1: Hi, it's Marka Flallow on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield and myself. Thank you so much for taking a listen to this podcast. Do us a little favor if you would. If you love the show, give us a five-star review, and don't forget to follow us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, and we love doing the show for you guys. Without further ado, here's today's episode. This is your tech report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. We are back on your tech report. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you want to follow along, it is at your tech report on all our social media. Uh, You know, one of the less talked about products in the Microsoft category or catalog of uh, hardware uh, is Microsoft HoloLens. Uh, You know, the Mixed Reality headset was announced what seems like really eons ago. It wasn't that that long ago. But because of the business focus, we don't hear about it that much in the consumer side of things. So our next guest is the general manager of the business applications over at Microsoft. Sharif Ibrahim, welcome back to your tech report. Longtime friend of the show. I don't remember when the last time you were on the show was, but I'm glad that you're back with us today. So how are you feeling?
0: Well, first, thanks so much for having me back, Mark. And I'm feeling great. I get to talk about some awesome stuff like HoloLens and business applications. I'm looking forward to
1: it. Yeah, and I'm excited to talk about it because, you know, w- without people even realizing it, um, they may have been touched by a company or may have been in contact with a company that uses and leverages HoloLens like this company we're about to talk about. And, um, you know, last week I was, uh, you know, I had the privilege of having this demo. Uh, I wasn't, unfortunately, there in Toronto to see anything uh, firsthand, but I was able to Attend virtually, and this demonstration was the use of Hololens by a Mercedes-Benz dealership um, in Toronto, where the mechanic and I'm going to try to be as descriptive as I can because this is radio. The mechanic was working on a car, and he needed the Collins for some extra support because there was something he needed to clarify. And he's wearing Hololens throughout this experience, so we're, we were able to see what he saw on this on this teams meeting and he goes up and he calls calls in you know mercedes benz tech support and the support agent was able to see what he saw was able to pull up schematics was able to troubleshoot issues and it was just you know, as logical as it may seem when you think about a product like Hololens, oh my god, of course this, you should be able to do this. It's still mind blowing every time I see this in action. And I can imagine, even even though you work at the company and you help develop these things, do you get that same kind of feeling when you when you see something like that in action?
0: It still feels like something out of science fiction when you <laughs> see these. like We were together last week looking at the demonstration, and to your point, to be really descriptive. Imagine, you know, a service technician he's hovering over the engine of a you know, a great Mercedes-Benz vehicle. And he just turns his head back a little bit and floating right next to him is a schematic. And over his shoulder on a video is an expert sitting somewhere else in the country, coaching him along the way. Um, And he's doing this hands-free, totally safe, and really natural. Like it wasn't something that was uh, difficult for him to do. And there's so many examples, like you said, in companies where people may not realize that companies are using this stuff to get jobs done.
1: You know, we've talked about on the show things like I know CAE here in Montreal uses HoloLens a lot um, for various things. I know on the medical field, people are using it for training purposes. You know, you can't put a necessarily a live person on a table, but you can very easily simulate that type of thing. When it comes to this relationship between Microsoft and Mercedes, where did that start? Who, who courted who first? Because obviously this is a collaboration. It's not just one company saying, here, we want this. It's really you guys are working together to build out this solution.
0: Yeah, so we actually started working with Mercedes in the U.S. just about, I think it was just over a year ago um, to pilot this. And actually going back even a step further, we've been piloting a variety of these scenarios with mixed reality. Because to your point, it's, it's pretty leading edge technology, but how is it actually solving a business's problem? Is it helping them save money? Is it helping them save time? Is it helping them actually increase the skills or competency of their employees? When we sat down with Mercedes just over a year ago to start talking through that, we saw a couple of these scenarios uh, that we started to see working in other places. Specifically, uh, remote uh, assist and guides. Those are two of the applications that we've been developing just based on customer feedback over the last couple of years. Experiment, experimenting with this, and as you mentioned, there's a few companies where we've learned that you know sometimes having that expert who can go really deep on a given technology, whether it's a high end, you know, Mercedes that has thousands of different, you know computer chips in it and and a lot of complex parts. Uh, It could be factory floor machinery, for example. It could be an airplane, right? Having an expert who's in another part of the world, not only just video call in, because it's so much more than that, but they're able to actually overlay real objects on that vehicle, right? Or real objects on that machine. And and actually they can even get signals from what's happening um, on that machine or on that vehicle through sensors. So they can better diagnose things remotely as well. So the conversation started about over a year ago, and then Mercedes Canada uh, is really taking it a step further. And they're going to be implementing and launching this service in every dealership they have in Canada. They've had a really successful pilot so far. And I come back to where we started. I mean, this is helping them get customers their cars back in sometimes hours instead of, in some cases, days or even you know over a week. Uh, because of the time it would take to go back and forth and, and, you know, potentially even flying in an expert to help them.
1: So that, uh, you know, that's you're, you're taking this exactly where I wanted to go, which was how was this process and this example done before HoloLens existed? Were they really flying people into sometimes fix problems? Well, in
0: this exact example, there's two things. And I remember talking with the technician about this. And I like, what did you do before? Exactly. Right. Because I think in the extreme, yes, you would fly someone in. Potentially, um, they have experts in Toronto and they have experts in other countries as well. And so depending on where the situation was, they'd fly them in in certain cases. In other cases, it was, think of it almost like email or chat, right? You go back and forth with someone over the course of hours. It could take them a while to respond. Then they send you an article you got to go read and take a look at. And so this is where, and then they have to go do additional research. So you could be talking days of back and forth and digging up research. Whereas when you get that individual on with you, and, you know, they're they're trained at this and they can actually bring in, like that example that you and I saw, they actually brought in a diagram of that electrical component and said, hey, you're, have you checked this thing out over here? And they're able to get an arrow to float right over that part of like the engine. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're doing that now in a matter of hours.
1: I guess it's unrealistic to expect every mechanic to know uh, every schematic inside and out of every single vehicle that Mercedes may have produced and every every variation. So, you know, to your point, you know, the back and forth. And I've had my car, you know, it's not a Mercedes, you know, sit in the shop for a week with stuff going back and forth, whether it be waiting for a part. So, you know, this definitely... Um, it it probably also enhances the the skill level of the mechanics who are in the process. Being able to collaborate with somebody on a vehicle who has a different skill set than them really does not only enhance the experience for the person who's waiting for their car, but for the actual staff themselves. You know, I
0: learned something from the Mercedes team going through this experience, to your point. There is more than 100 million lines of software code in the Mercedes. And to put it in context, like you could take an F-35 fighter jet, a space shuttle, and a pacemaker, and this is more than that. And, and to your point, you know, you might get trained on something and experience that issue maybe once. What happens in six months if it's that one time you get that issue again? So to be able to kind of phone a friend and be able to go and address that really quickly is pretty awesome. And the other thing Mercedes is talking about that's special, is, it's to the point you just made around kind of their skills of training. They actually, with, with guides. So we, we're talking about remote assist. Yeah. Right? You have a remote assist happening in real time. With guides, you can actually build really in-depth 3D models, and so you can actually learn. Think of it as like do-it-yourself or DIY in mixed reality. You can literally see the new, you know, the, the one that they're working on right now is around the new audio system, in a new car that's coming out. You can get the trainer on how to service that without actually having the car in front of you. Um, and so if you think about the, the level of uh, learning you can undergo, not only from an individual who's teaching you in real time, but now you can actually get an opportunity to almost experience what it's like working with the vehicle when the vehicle isn't there.
1: Yeah, I could just imagine the the you know the future iterations of how this could evolve, whether it be from an internal standpoint where you're training new staff, um, but also from the consumer standpoint. Given how we're shopping for vehicles these days, um, if I wanted to uh, virtually visit a dealership and say, "Well, I want to see that in this color." Well, now you have to, you know, look online and try to find a picture of it. But to be able to visualize something sitting in front of you, it brings things to a whole different level entirely. What kind of infrastructure is required for a company like Mercedes to get this thing up and running? You know, I think I know the answer to that question. But in my mind, and I think in a lot of our listeners' minds, you'd probably need lots of servers, lots of of infrastructure, lots of onboarding information. But I have a feeling that it's less complicated than that these days.
0: You know the the spoiler alert it is it is less complicated than that. I mean, you know Dynamics 365 Remote Assist, that's an out of the package solution that we have built based on learning from other companies what they've been experimenting with. This is a very uh, typical use case now we're finding with mixed reality, and so out of the box, it comes with Teams for all video and being able to share files and collaborate. So you're already getting an out of the box solution that is highly secure. Um, you know, it's you, you can meet up a, a variety of different compliance. Uh, needs that are are required and then obviously all this is running off of the cloud as well and so for them it's just a matter of finding the right documentation that they want to bring in I mean we talked with Mercedes last week and and the same question came up and the feedback was it was relatively easy right just to have their own internal tech teams uh, bring this product in add the necessary content and start to figure out the workflows a lot of that is ready to go out of the box.
1: Is, is is Mercedes seeing any benefits other than obviously, you know, quicker access to information um, that helps them save money or or improve efficiencies over the time period that they've been testing this? There's
0: a couple things they talked about that I think were pretty powerful. For, for starters, the minute they can reduce even one airplane visit uh, to come in, it's already paid for itself. Yeah. So j- just and, and, you know, while that might not be the typical norm that will happen a few times a year, let's say, and so it pays for itself right then and there. The other thing is you think about the net promoter score and the experience uh, for the customer. You, yourself, as you mentioned, an owner of a Mercedes, Like to be able to get your car back that much faster you know, drops up your net promoter score and has a whole bunch of great virtuous benefits to it as well. And, and actually, if you talk to the mechanics themselves and the technicians, for them, just the speed at which they can get the work done and the ease that they can get the work done as well has been phenomenal. And the network effect of being able to learn. So there's a hard cost that they're saving money for sure in terms of travel uh, and time. But then the net promoter score, employee satisfaction, those are also going up as well.
1: You know, I remember there was a time where... um when I think it was the first electric Volkswagen that, that was coming out uh, that they, they needed some piece of equipment that was $25,000 and the dealership had to invest in it before they even let them order cars. Um, nowadays, I, I feel like a lot of those those things like that can be replaced by software and solutions like this. So I'm curious if you've heard any reaction or any feedback from other manufacturers or other companies that have seen this example and whose minds suddenly start racing 100 you know kilometers an hour going, how do I implement? this in my business what can I use something like this you know to facilitate what I'm doing do you have feedback like that from other people who might have had their you know eyes on this
0: yeah and I'll start with this I I have to believe a lot of your listeners like like you and I we're on video right now I know everyone can't see our our, our lovely faces but we're on video right now and a lot of people over the last 18 to 20 months have, have been able to embrace video calling collaborating with files and that's pretty common for folks that are working in offices. When you talk about what you just said around, but think of these technicians, people working in manufacturing floors, people working in hospitals or uh, clinics, technology like that doesn't typically hit those frontline workers in the same way. They tend to be actually quite underserved in the space. When you think about bringing technology to people that they physically have to be there. If that huge machine breaks down in a factory and stops your production, You're down for an hour. Think about the thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of impact to your bottom line because you can't produce a widget that you need to get out the door. Or, you know, you're trying to teach uh, and onboard students uh, from a medical perspective. And if you're losing time because you can't bring them into a facility safely. So, you know, this this audience of people that have to be physically somewhere typically don't see this kind of technology. What's revolutionary about it is you're not able to bring some of the things that we take for granted and put it into that real world. And so, you know, in the example of, of the Mercedes-Benz dealership, hey, someone doesn't necessarily have to fly in. I can give an expert any time, and I can help that individual learn. Great. Um, L'Oreal, for example, is using it in their manufacturing facilities as well. And they're using it uh, in addition to IoT sensors to take a look at predictive issues within uh, their manufacturing equipment and then prevent them from breaking down. So think about even getting ahead of the curve. Like that example of Mercedes is great after the cars come in. Well, what if you can see signals from your machines that say, hey, Mark, that machine over in this particular part of the building, something is wrong with it. You may want to go take a look at it. Now with the HoloLens, you can bring that expert alongside and you can start to actually prevent that machine from actually going down. For example, Um, you think about training. So you brought up CAE as a great example, you know, working with the cadaver and being able to overlay with that, um, you know, uh, holograms onto the cadaver Of how the human body's working the nervous system uh you know other parts of the body and being able to have a learning experience that you wouldn't otherwise be able to have in a a safe way so there's lots of these examples where people who still have to physically be out there in the field and doing something can take advantage of this technology to learn faster save money uh or 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 better yet even help produce uh, better outcomes
1: you know i think about some really specialized you know workers out there who you know whether it be you know doing maintenance on a giant windmill that's out there that are they're climbing scaling buildings to to you know investigate problems and stuff like that how portable is hololens can we envision a future where a lot of people are out there in the field and you know maybe maybe started a couple weeks ago got their basic training and now thanks to having this on them they could go and actually do higher end repairs and maintenance they weren't necessarily able to do right away because they needed maybe two more months more of training now with the access to you know people who might be worlds apart could could log in and help them do something that they weren't able to necessarily do as quickly before is there a learning element here that this could facilitate
0: well, there's something there's something there really critical that you said around safety right because in a lot of cases in every example we're talking about for the most part there is a safety element and even in the example with Mercedes I mean you know if, if you've ever worked on a vehicle before you don't want to have uh, you know long hair you don't want to have jewelry hanging up you want to make sure you're wearing gloves because you don't want to have a situation where you're now in a dangerous position working on a large piece of machinery same thing the fact that this is lightweight, and for those who don't know or haven't seen it before, when it sits on top of your head, you can easily flip up the visor and flip it down with one hand, and it's completely transparent. So you can see everything around you beautifully. You're not, you're not obstructed. That's super important because it's lightweight and it's translucent. Um, you're hands-free, fully hands-free, meaning you can focus on the task at hand. You can be around that dangerous jet engine or piece of equipment and feel safe and comfortable that, I can look over and see what I need to see to help me do my job or hear from somebody in my ears, but it's not obtrusive. It's not like I'm trying to pull out a small device and access it while I'm doing that. But I think the, the, you know, the today, right now, it is incredibly uh, easy for people to go take advantage of it at scale because of how lightweight it is. Uh, The battery life on it is, is excellent. And the fact that you have these very immersive images showing up on it. And one thing that's really key is when you're working on these machines, it's not like it's just bringing a hologram into the world. It actually can sense with the sensors that there's a real object in front of you. Um, And so instead of it just, you know, for folks who've played around with AR, for example, on a phone and you kind of move around, it it doesn't really understand the real world. The fact that it knows there's a flat wall in front of you or a table, it adjusts and puts the hologram in the right place. So again, just make it that much more user-friendly for people to be able to adopt and and leverage
1: it. A good example is what we saw last week was where um, someone was able to make an annotation on a a part of the fender of the car. And no matter where the headset moved, no matter where the technician moved, when he looked back at that spot, it was exactly where it was in that physical space. And that's because it it used all the sensors on board, the depth perception, everything, to know where those products were and that that item was. And that's a key. How do you see... I mean, obviously, and without, you know, giving me any information that I'm not supposed to know yet, how do you see this HoloLens technology evolving? Like, what is the next generation of this look like? Or what's the next, you know, the next use case that we're going to go, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't think about that.
0: I think so. The ones that we're seeing today that we're excited about, again, remote assist and guides um, have been really based on what we're seeing customers gravitate to. So DIY and just getting that help. You know, we announced some things recently, uh, Microsoft Mesh, for example, where we now start to take a broader ecosystem of mixed reality devices. HoloLens obviously being one of them, but we have some amazing ones from other OEMs as well. And, you know, you can suddenly not only share real objects in real time, but you know, you and I could be doing this interview wearing a HoloLens, and you could literally be sitting in front of me, for example. Um, and there's scenarios where maybe we're working on, uh, you know, a prototype of a vehicle, and we're in different parts of the globe. And that becomes really important for us to be able to stand in front of a, a, you know, a holographic car together in a room, even though you're on the other side of the planet. And so things like Microsoft Mesh, I think, open up some pretty interesting scenarios and in how people start to collaborate in a hybrid work setting. Um, and so we're really excited about that. And I would say even with what we just started now with remote assistant guides, you know, we've had a lot of customers, uh, you know, hospitals, manufacturing facilities, you know, pe- people like Mercedes and others leverage it. And we're seeing that just continue to, to rapidly adopt and grow. And so not only what we think about in the future that's exciting, like mesh, but just the, the rapid adoption of these technologies today being be something that's still really
1: cool. You reminded me about something I heard uh, almost two years ago when when COVID first hit, which was a story from here locally at the Montreal Jewish General Hospital. They were using HoloLens to treat COVID patients because it it allowed them to interact with the patients in a way that they wouldn't have been able to before because of that technology. And that's, you know, an incredible, incredible use case. I'm curious, um, you know... One of the things in a traditional workplace, especially when you think about a car dealership and mechanics, you've got the younger generation of kids that come in and are eager to learn and excited to use new technology. But then you've got that older generation that just don't want to deal with the new technology. They want to go. They want to get hands on. They want to get their hands dirty. Um do you find those? I know we're seeing less and less of that these days because we're just forced into it. But have you seen any cases where you've seen some of those grumpy old men embrace this technology and realize and, and a click in their head what what the world could possibly be if they actually embraced it for a second?
0: You know what? It's funny. Uh, I'm smiling for those who can't see, obviously, that what my face looks like right now. But, you know, they love it. They love it because in a lot of cases, they don't have to hop on an airplane and fly out to a remote location and go deal with, you know, a, a jet engine or, you know, we, we work even, for example, with the military. Um, and you can imagine some of the remote locations they have to get to. And when you're an expert who's been working on, you know, who's got a tremendous amount of IP and that, and you can now sit down with your favorite device on a secure teams video call, see what that technician sees coach them, give them the advice without having to go and leave your hometown for a couple of days. They absolutely love it. I would say the other thing, too, is, and this is just, I would say, a trend in general on technology and just, the the, you know, to your point around the different generations and how they're embracing it. There's no question that, you know, we're going to see a pretty big skills gap, I think, start to happen. We're already starting to see it right now. You know, I think the last stat that we saw was something like a quarter of the Canadian population by 2030 will be into retirement age. Um, and so it's it's scary when you start to think yeah. of the numbers. And level, Right. And so, you know, I think about what Mercedes is doing and many companies that are embracing technology like this is their future, their future proofing because one, think about the ability to give people um, that are in that age bracket that are about to retire a little bit longer of a career because they can still engage remotely in a safe way and provide all that great IP. Right. That technician who has got so much experience passing it down the generation. But on the flip side as well you're enabling the current workforce to have a set of skills that make them competitively differentiated relative to anyone else out there and they can learn that much faster because of things like guides and do-it-yourself or learning from others so it's it's a pretty it's a pretty serious I would say concern that every business right now is thinking about and this is a phenomenal way to tackle that
1: so for the companies out there that are they' listening to this and saying to themselves, This is really interesting, but there's no way I'm going to be able to do this in my business. What do you say to a company like that to to pique their interest and make them realize, wait a second, you need to have a conversation before you dismiss this right away?
0: Oh, gosh. I mean, (laughs) if you're hearing this and you're excited and you're thinking this is just way out of reach, um, you know, the fact that we have companies big and small around Canada and other parts of the world adopting this, and I would say Canada tends to be quite advanced when it comes to adopting some of these technologies right now. Uh, don't be afraid to to pick up the phone and call one of your partners or you know, just go go look up Hollands talk uh, Hollands too and and there's ways that you can contact a partner or Microsoft directly you'd be surprised at how easy out of the box you can adopt some of this technology and make an impact on your business
1: so what's the what's the rollout for Mercedes when are we going to see this in every single dealership cross country
0: I, I you know to be honest i think they're already in a few of them and the plan is to be in every single dealership by the end of this year
1: oh brilliant that's amazing. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing some, some local demonstrations. And, and I want to thank you for obviously taking the time to join me this week and and help, you know, get the inner geek out of myself out of it. But uh, this is so exciting. This is so exciting, and I can only... Imagine the things that we're going to see down the road with Hololens, and not only that, but the whole the whole infrastructure and everything that you guys are doing when it comes to you know innovating in this space.
0: Yeah, and I know. I know you're dying to get your hands on a Hololens too. And the next time we do a podcast, maybe we'll do it over Hololens too as well. Ooh. But I think we'll, we'll good, talk Mark. off the air in a second.
1: Thanks again
0: for having me today, Mark.
1: You've been tuned in to your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition, and be sure to follow your Tech Report online. Email us contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, YourTechReport.com.
0: The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana.